he's experimenting with the medium and and mm. pushing the bounds of what you can do with this medium. With literally just pictures, you can communicate something as lewd, as crazy, as emotional, etc. And it's possible. It doesn't have to make narrative sense in kind of this like rhythmic LSD jazz that that is this comic, but it's possible. You've never seen shit like this before. Is kind of probably what was happening in the 70s when this comic came out. And it was it was fringe. It was lewd. It was weird. And it was just kind of experimenting around the edges on what you could get away with is what he's doing. There is comfort in locking yourself in the bathroom, taking a big shit so you're scrolling your phone. Or having a great comic book. Or yes, that too. As you know, Roman had this weird idea at the beginning of this year to introduce some alphabetical order to Quarantine Comics, where we'd start with a comic that began with the letter A, and end with a comic that began with Z. Hey, we gotta trick the kids into some learning real good. Well, how'd that go? Well, we're slow. (laughs) It's the end of the year, and we are a few letters from finishing this shit. We still need to get through the letters X, Y, and Z. So, for the rest of the year, we are not fucking around. That is right. No X-Men, no Youngblood, no Zorro? I would have preferred Zatanna. We ain't got time for that. That's right. So, with one week to go and three letters to cover, we are, well, we're cheating a little. We're ending the year with a hat trick and reading XYZ Comics by R. Crumb. Which makes total sense, because if you can't have a comics podcast without reading Will Eisner which we did last week, you certainly cannot end a year without reading indie cartoonist legend R. Crumb, who we're talking about this week. So XYZ Comics, published in 1972, is more of a 28-page pamphlet that reflects Crumb's rather interesting state of mind at the time. Crumb was a few years out from doing a massive year-long LSD trip that began in 1965. It greatly impacted his work. He was already known at the time for strips like Fritz the Cat, which, fun fact, was about a cat's wild, sexually charged adventures. But after tripping for a full year, he created some of his best-known countercultural characters, including the cynical, horny guru Mr. Natural and Angel Food McSpade, a character based off the racist characters of black women. That is also probably racist itself. Ryan, say something now, please. Uh, right. So starting in the mid-1960s, Crumb's work really started to reflect what he described as the seamy side of America's self-conscious, and he started drawing these strips almost as stream of consciousness. As he said in the documentary Crumb, it didn't have to make sense, it could be stupid, it didn't make any difference. And XYZ Comics really magnified all of this because it was created literally while Crumb was on a road trip, which is, as he put it, partly why it's such a jumble of disconnected images. I'm Roman Segel. And I'm Ryan Joe. And we are two guys who are probably also overdue for a year-long LSD trip. Oh, amen. Uh, So, Roman, I knew about Crumb, but I really hadn't read a lot of his work. How about you? Same. I mean, I knew he was a guy, kind of like Harvey Picar, and uh, that's it. In fact, when I suggested XYZ Comics, I didn't know it was by R. Crumb. (laughs) I was just like, oh, I stupid. I actually, I actually didn't know that <laughs> that that was intentional. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's totally intentional. I I know everything, and half the shit you made me read in the bio, I did not know about. 
until I just read it a, a few seconds ago. So, um, yeah, never heard of him. I mean, you know what's funny, though? You see this kind of um, style of art. And if I couldn't have said, oh, that's R. Crumb. If you said, if you showed me five pieces of comics art and said, which of these is R. Crumb? I would have been like, yeah, it's, it's definitely this one. I know there's people who do shit like this. And, and I feel like we've read a few creators who are, are clearly inspired by this kind of like insanity indie comics zine style. Um, you know, um, well, we read Ed the Happy Clown by uh, Chester Brown, which I don't know if Brown was a contemporary of, of R. Crumb, actually. I think he came a little, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess they were still producing work at the same time, but I think he started a little bit afterwards. Well, and, and you know, Crumb, I, I was looking him up. He's still alive. He's 80. Oh, yeah. uh, so he's, he's like my parents' age. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm trying to think time zone J. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of this kind of like, intense whatever happens happens on the page crude uh, zany but kind of like making a point intelligently kind of happening and and you see that happening in a lot of places and so whether or not crumb was the first one to do it or not um i but I, i'm guessing you probably had it people hadn't seen this sort of stuff before yeah, I, I think with, by the time XYZ Comics came around, he was pretty well known. Um, and I definitely, like, I, I'm familiar with certain um, um, characteristics of Crumb's work. He likes piggybacks. He likes women with big asses and, like, just really thick-thighed women. And you see that a lot in, in XYZ Comics. Um, and, you know, he has a very distinct style. He has a lot of, you know, he has a lot of cross-hatching, which gives his work a lot of depth and volume. Um, and then he's... He's also really kind of playful with the panels. I mean, there's actually no panels. None of the comics here, well, maybe a few of them, have like the, the sort of rigid panel structures that you associate with comics, kind of like what we talked about with Will Eisner, when he just basically just kind of... Each page was sort of like its own work of, of graphic design, mm -hmm. you know? And you see that quite a bit in, uh, in Crumb's work as well. Um this was actually so. So to me, this was kind of an an odd place to come into Crumb's work because it's kind of really in maybe the early middle of his career. And the thing that's always been 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 hard for me with Crumb is he, you know, he has graphic novels. Like I think actually, I I bought his book of Genesis, for instance. But he mostly kind of I think does like a lot of cartoons, one or two or six page strips. And so it's not like there's a definitive graphic novel that you have to get that you can get of crumb and sort of like, okay, I've, I've really kind of digested his work. Like with Dan Klaus, he's got a series of graphic <laughs> novels. <laughs> and so, and also if you're coming into this and you have no idea what he's about, as he mentions, he's coming off his years of like LSD tripping. He's just kind of like making shit up as he goes along. It's a stream of consciousness style. And he's also creating all of this stuff when he's on a road trip. So it can be sort of overwhelming when you kind of, if you just kind of get dropped into this, because even within individual comics, he's just trying to create a mood, a tone, like the first comic in XYZ comics about the, about he's trying to, it's actually really kind of cool. Uh, this is a cubist bebop comics. He's trying to create this sense of like music, Within mm -hmm, a comic, mm -hmm. but each panel it doesn't really reflect what happened in the panel previous. It's each one is well, it's, just it's, sort it's of like it's like a it's like a mashup song. Um, oh yeah, you know yeah. Uh, there was this artist probably about ten years ago that you know a lot of like Gen Y kids really liked that it was 
what was it called? Uh, but he, he would just like mash up popular songs, and I felt like that's what he was doing for. Well, what what are the cool kids listening? What are the cool kids listening to, Ramen? I, I I don't I, know anymore. I'm I'm not a I'm not cool, <laughs> and I'm not a kid. Yeah. Uh, try not to ask me. Uh, but. But that it, it really did feel like I'm setting the tempo, I'm setting the pace for what I'm gonna do. Yeah. And it's there jazz is the wrong word, but it's and not not because of this like musical strip, but it's it feels like he's just kind of like riffing on shit and getting every, his most random thought down on a panel as fast as possible before moving on to the next thing. And I'd be curious about the process and how he was doing this, because you know, this art is a slow process, but is he like hitting these beats on in this panel, this and that panel, that and this panel, that that'd be fucked up and weird if I did that. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. Um, and most comics do flow sequential art really well, but because they're so disparate, what's happening every third panel is you're on the same theme but you're moving through musical genres so fast. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's weird. It's, it's it's really odd. You know, and then, you know, the panels are very strange shapes or panels. Some are triangular, for instance. And, you know, like, there's no real sequence to it. It's not really like you need to read one panel and then the next and then the next. He's not really trying to tell a story. He's trying to create a vibe um, that mimics the sense well, it, of just kind of rolling with music. And but, but, but it's interesting. By the time you get to page, you know, one, two, three, four. So four and five, it's kind of, okay, musical genre, musical genre, guy on a trumpet, jazz person, you know, rockabilly. But then... Also kind of potentially, the, the, potentially problematic from a racial standpoint, let's just say. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But And then by the time you get to page like five or six, the, the acid starts tripping. Like, you right. know, it's just like, well, shit gets- starts melting. It's cubism. It's what? There's a swastika. There's, it, it's a bad trip. It, it's a really bad. It's just, uh, yeah, it's 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 Dolly and Picasso kind of mashed up for yeah, and and then it gets very very sexual. Um, there's like a whole there's a whole uh, page of, of a guy masturbating and then some guy writing. You know, he's you know, got a toothpaste tube. Wait, oh yeah, that's that's his dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's not, that's gonna be the title of this podcast. Oh yeah, that's not toothpaste. I'm gonna <laughs> mark that down. Um, um, and then it's, it's all the, the familiar are crumb fetishes, you know, a smaller man riding a much larger woman. Um, you've got the, yeah. And, and then, and then, at, and then the final page is like literally like the orgasm. Um, uh, it's this explode, these nuclear explosions, these strange cubist shapes, a close up of a guy kind of drooling as his eyes are getting crossed. And this bird, the, the final, it's almost sort of cheeky, like the last pa- pa- panel is this bird that says, yeah, but is it art? Um, <laughs> it's weird. It's interesting because he goes from like musical genres and then it gets trippy. It becomes sexual. And then it's like it ends with an or it basically ends with a visual orgasm. Like he's trying to create the sense of like being of, of having an orgasm visually, which is like when you think about it, like that's fucking nuts. Like what is he like? You start out with trying to create this sense of, I guess, like listening to music, go in the flow. But it's, isn't that about like what a guitar solo is like in a rock ballad? <laughs> you know? Yeah, so. it is. I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah, and and that, but I guess for me, it's sort of like, and then he gets into the the psychedelic trip, the orgasm, uh, or the 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 build up, and then the finally the orgasm, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Is a guitar and a rock? I guess. I guess it could be. Um, I'm just. You know what? I'm, what I'm amazed at is just like he's trying to create all of these different sensations within 
this like five black and white comic. Yeah. 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 And I think the only time I really remember, you know, when we were reviewing comics, I remember, I think commenting Jason Lutz tried to did that in, in Berlin, but Crumb just, you know, I won't say he takes it to the next level because he preceded Lutz, but I mean, I think Crumb is just really embracing it. Well, I think it's like, um, it's he's experimenting with the medium and, and mm. pushing the bounds of what you can do with this medium. You can right. transcend emotions you, with with literally just pictures. You can communicate something as lewd, as crazy, as emotional, etc. And it's possible. It doesn't have to make narrative sense in kind of this like rhythmic LSD jazz that that is this comic, but it's possible. And then I think later on, people are like, oh, that's possible. I could actually put a narrative spin on that if I wanted to and actually use it for a storytelling device. Yeah. And I um, I don't think people or sh- you've never seen shit like this before is kind of probably what was happening in the 70s when this comic came out. Um, and it was it was fringe. It was fringe. It was lewd. It was weird. But um. And it was just kind of experimenting around the edges on what you could get away with is what he's doing. Well, I also, so the next comic um, I really like is, is Girls, 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 where he <laughs> takes basically the same form of a woman and just sort of like the typical crumb woman, huge ass, huge breasts, really thick thighs, kind of like a huge bottom half. Like that's what crumb likes, right? He's got this piggyback fetish. Um and then he so he takes that the same form and then he starts to like transform it. It's almost sort of like an art school exercise where the woman becomes more and more abstracted. And then actually at the end, and maybe this is just crumb, right? It's just she's like a woman with a huge ass and just breasts and no no head. And then it's just like a woman with like two ass like an ass and, and, and like her her lower half and just like something that's in the shape of her like vagina and it's sort of like oh okay so that's 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 crumbs of well, it's like breakdown. An, it's, or or it's an experimentation or an experiment in objectification and i it, it's it's lewd as hell don't like oh interesting okay yeah that, yeah no that's actually interesting i never thought about that it is kind of like the but ultimate it, objectification though because she does turn into like the the like literally the thing that that trump fetishizes the most or Trump, uh, right? Uh, Robert Crumb, <laughs> not Freudian at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's so it's like, is this art? I don't know, but it's it makes a point. So if you can get past the lewdness, right, and what clearly is the fetish of this guy, you can see like, oh, that's an interesting and that's a smart point, you know. Um, now to be clear, he didn't do, you, do it about a man, but you know, I don't think I don't see him ever. Yeah, I mean, I think. The, Maybe he has a comic where he's just drawing, where he's kind of like uh, abstracting a guy's dick. I mean, I could see him doing that. I don't but, know. I don't know. It's like, but, but he, but he, ha- he chooses to have no boundaries to kind of see where his mind takes him, and that, so, that yeah. is interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. Because like, I don't think he, I, I don't know if he has a point when he's writing, when he's drawing these. I, I, I kind of doubt it, right? He's drawing on a road trip, a stream of consciousness, but this is just sort of like something fun and interesting for him to do, and. You get a little bit of a of a perhaps a look into his psyche um, mm-hmm. as he does it, which is one of the things I really like about these indie cartoonists is because they are so um, you 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 just kind of see how their brain works a little bit more. You are inside well, they're, their they're head. Untethered. How they view the world. They're unchained. Yeah, they 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 they're not trying to please any masters. Mm-hmm. They're just there's no comics code. There's no advertisers. There's no Marvel or DC. There's no IP deal that's going to ever come out of this. It's I just want to try shit and see what I can get away with. It's, me- it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be commercial. Yeah. Um, which is where things get really watered down. 
yeah. Um, so he's trying. And so, you know, the rest of this, there's a lot of interesting things going on through it. And, you know, uh, I genuinely had so much fun with the, the keep on trucking page. Um, oh, that one was weird. I like that one, too. I like how it's sort of like he's like playing with his phrase, keep on trucking. And then he's just sort of like it just gets wilder and wilder you know like when you kind of keep playing with the phrase and you just seeing where your imagination takes you based off of this phrase and it just gets it just gets weirder and weirder to the point where it just like stops making any sense it, and, you he, know, and, he, reminded... and he still illustrates it and he's still like illustrating each each variant of keep on trucking yeah and you know the last paragraph where you know it ends with, uh, you know, it's keep on trucking, keep on rolling along, keep on chunking, keep on toodling, keep on doofing, keep on bobbing, blah, 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 blah. And it keeps, it does this ad, ad nauseum. And then it ends with, and don't forget to keep on buying those keep on shucking posters, patches, t-shirts, cigarette papers, baseball caps, bath mats, beach towels, bumper stickers, drinking glasses, buttons, matchbooks, balloons, notebooks, sneakers, toilet seat covers, wallpaper, and so on ad nauseum. I, I got a, like a real uh, Irvine Welsh or Tom York vibe from it, <laughs> you know, uh, if you think about like... Uh, the the kind of uh if you've seen the movie train spotting the kind of like where he just kind of lists out all the things that are just all the things in life in this kind of commercial existence and uh i don't know crumb was doing that I, in the 70s you know I, I well think, before I think, I, so i think crumb was kind of horrified by mm. americana and you know um and capitalism and the sort of world that that we live in where everything is sort of for sale and you know cart you know the, everything's sort of like a cartoon character did you notice every panel is copyrighted in this one? Oh, i did not notice that oh that's funny yeah i see it now all the way down to the smallest one. Oh, that's okay he's yeah crumb you know, I mean, I kind of mentioned this in the introduction, right? He was kind of interested in that seamy side of American culture. And and you really see that, like, tw like the first couple of strips in um, XYZ Comics, they're kind of more evocative, especially the first one, where it's just trying to create a sensory, a feeling of listening to music, of an orgasm. And then later on, you know, it's it's more satirical. Um, it's more like he's, you know... Even some of the comics that don't seem to have, it's a little bit more narrative driven, but even the comics that don't seem to have like much of a point, like, um, what is it? Mr. Um, John Q. Public. It's literally just a dude like watching TV and responding to it. But there's just sort of like, you know, and he's kind of angry. I mean, it's almost very reflective of today where you, the guy's just kind of bored, angrily watching TV for like literally no reason. And he's getting nothing out of it. Yeah, and that's yeah. basically the comic. It's just basically this guy kind of like <laughs> angrily staring at the TV for like panels on end. And, you know, I don't know if I, there's there's no narrative drive to it and there, it has no aspirations to be a narrative strip. But it's just this very bleak look at American culture. I mean, the fact that this guy is called John Q. Public tells you something, right? Like, like this is how, how Crumb sees, you know, the general populace of, uh, of America. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know if it's because it was last, uh, but I really enjoyed fuzzy the bunny. <laughs> like it's just, uh, it's the last panel of, um, basically, uh, a cartoon bunny having a mental breakdown with his doggy buddy. Oh, <laughs> the... that's based off his brother. 
That one's probably the most autobiographical one. Wait, so who's who? Uh, his brother's the bunny. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's based off of a real conversation he had with his brother. It's actually like, yeah, it's funny. And then when you realize what it's about. That just, that just got sad. dark. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I, I assume I'm an that, asshole. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I think he took notes from his his conversation he had with his brother. Um, and yeah, that's. It's weird though, isn't it? Because like you, he kind of abstracts it and turns it into this. Um, he, he turns them both into cartoon characters, and it actually kind of seems sort of funny and harmless. But when you realize, oh, this is actually autobiographical. He had. How did you know that? Uh, I read it somewhere. I think oh, he's mentioned wow. it before also, yeah. Holy shit. That like changes the meaning of this. Wow. That's dark. Right? I mean, but it's it's why is that though, right? I mean it's sort of like I guess when it, it's it's seen as a cartoon, it almost it doesn't feel it just feels like yucks, right? Like like a bunch of characters. Well well, well, the, well the well the setup has been all this abstract, cartoony, perverse, uh, you know, no boundaries. But subtle commentary on things, be it John Q. Public or the Everyman taking the shit, the <laughs> right, you know, commentary was, on objectification. Funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like all of these things, and then the last one just kind of felt like, oh, okay, this just feels like the next step and the next stage in what you would do with these stories. Have a commentary on the insanity that is life and the and the the, the struggle that is suffering. Ha ha! Let's all laugh about it. But to know this is rooted in a real conversation is. Uh, I mean, I guess. Well, he disarms you, right? Because it's a bunny. I mean, in in a way, the way they're talking, it almost kind of feels like Looney Tunes, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah, but but everything that came before it just means like, oh, this is just another absurdist thing, right? These are just two characters. These are two fictional characters talking, right? Right. Okay. A, he disarms you, um, but B, I think you know, it it feels like, I don't know, like the way Daffy Duck and 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 Buzz Bugs Bunny interact with each other, right? It's almost it's a little bit, um, um. What's I don't know what the word would be. It's a you know it's it's like you know two crazy people, but it's also you know clearly just a cartoon, and so you kind of set up this expectation where you have this Bugs Bunny like creature, this Porky Pig like looking creature, and they're kind of having these sort of strange um, manic conversations, or at least the bunny is, mm-hmm. and it just seems mm-hmm. sort of like it's harmless like a cartoon, but I think it's it's weird. Because when you actually, when you realize it's actually something like based off of conversations that he had with his real brother, it, yeah, it takes that sort of darker turn and you realize, oh, this is actually, people are actually like that. This is actually a real thing. Um, you know, and then of course you have the last panel where the carrot, where the bunny is, sees the woman that he likes and he's literally just kind of bouncing off the wall. And again, it just seems sort of funny and harmless, but you know, it's 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 based off of a guy who had really, really deep, deep troubles. Yeah. I so I gotta. I mean, look. Uh, I there's not much more to say. Honestly, we've, we've literally gone through the whole book, all 28 pages. So I'm just I'm just gonna ask the next to last question, Ryan. Like, uh, I don't know. Would you recommend X Y Z comics to anybody? Yeah, I would. I I, I just I kind of just want to sit down and just read through Crumb's entire work. Right, because yeah. it's such a reflection of his mentality of different things that were going on in his life, his mm-hmm. views of his brother, of the general public, which is just he's just 
have got such disdain for people. Um, mm-hmm. Even of himself, right? He has that strip where he talks about like, all the different versions of our crumb, the fascist, mm-hmm. the the struggling cartoonist, the, the sex pervert, uh, the regular dude, you know, and he kind of illustrates all the different facets of his own personality. I just love seeing that. And um, I love just just seeing his brain at work and just mm-hmm. the way he he communicates these thoughts through his pen it's just so cool and exhilarating and you know you see kind of why he's one of these legendary cartoonists mm-hmm. how about you you know i thought about this originally i was gonna say uh only if you had to end a year's worth of podcast with a comic starting with XYZ. Because I don't know. Like, I don't think this is for the regular comic book loving, even like non-superhero comic book reading public. This feels really um, indie and counterculture. And, Which it is. You know, I know it my, is. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think my friend Joe Brown and that that kind of like uh, going to punk shows, druggy crowd friend of mine from high school and college. Uh but I think as, you know, someone who's become kind of a student of comics, if you really want to be a student of comics and understand all the names and all the influences, um, and, and now that we've spent only 20, 20 minutes really talking about it, I think if you want to learn something and you really want to, like, analyze something, maybe you should do it. But if you're just going to pick it up for the sake of picking it up um, in this day and age, I'm not sure that I'm not sure who it, who it's for then. Um so I'm glad I read it. Uh, I hate to say, if if not for the gimmick of XYZ, I, I might have never picked up R. Crumb. And I'm intrigued well, kind of, I might go pick up an anthology. Yeah. It kind of comes in a very random place in his entire um, career, right? It literally is sort of like mid, he's mid-career. He's been doing a lot of comics. Why do you kind of focus on this one particular section? But, you know, mm-hmm. I even when I was researching it, XYZ comics, even though it seems like it just sort of, you know, we just picked a random selection in his, you know, thousands and thousands of pages of work. It came at a very specific time in his life. And Mm -hmm. you can see where he is mentally at that time in his life. And I always, and I think that's what makes it special for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, it's not about finding an audience or who is this for it's probably for him right he's writing this on a road trip and tossing it out there and if you want to come along on this journey and see what's going through his head then great if you don't you know this is too weird for you then you know that's fine too yeah you can be john q public i guess (laughs) i want to be john q public's friend so yeah do you you want taking the best shit of your life (laughs) There is there is comfort in locking yourself in the bathroom, taking a big shit, so you're scrolling your phone, or having a great comic book, or yes, that too. <laughs> so, uh, Robin, we are kind of at the end of the year, but what are we planning for uh, next episode? Well, I mean, I guess we have to move into the Cyrillic alphabet uh, or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, we we don't know, and that's kind of fun. This little experiment of having a plan. Uh, I guess was fine. And I, I guess we'll kind of see where the, the wind takes us. Um, one thing we will probably air in the new year is the conversation with the creator of what I only recently discovered to what I might think is the 
best comic of 2023. Uh, I, I recently read on some list a book called Worm, a Cuban-American Odyssey by um, artist and activist Idel Rodriguez. Uh, and I liked it so much, I just reached out to the have them on my other podcast, Modern Minorities. And since it's a conversation about a comic book, uh, Ryan, I'll probably take a little bit of time off and, and let you guys listen to that. I, I'd recommend the book. And I don't know. We'll see how we feel before we come up with some other crazy shit to read. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, a bookshelf full of comics and a bunch of articles of shit that I still want to read. So I don't know. What are you crying? Yeah, let's listen in on Worm, and then we'll see where we are next next year. All right. Just because I agree, there's still a whole bunch of shit we want to read. We should just do the whole R Crumb Library. <laughs> yeah, let's make another grand pronouncement of of something. Uh, I know, that, right? That, that, well, we did get through what the could alphabet. could go wrong? We did go through the, alpha- <laughs> through the alphabet. We cheated, but whatever. That's fine. No one's, no one's keeping score. If, you, if you're not cheating, you're cheating yourself. Exactly. And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old, and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe. Holy. Potluck. Potluck.